Hello from the Clio Cloud Conference 2016 in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Bob Ambrogi. I'm Jack Newton. And we are on the road with the Legal Talk Network. We're talking with Jack Newton, who is the co-founder and CEO of Clio. We're here at the fourth annual Clio Cloud Conference. Uh, I think I've talked to you pretty much every one of these, Jack. That's right, uh, yeah. Been at all it's a tradition. Uh, it's becoming a tradition. Um, so what's different this year about the conference? Just tell us a little bit about what's happening this year. Well, I think the conference is continuing to grow. So, you know, first and foremost, I think it's, it's becoming bigger and better every year, which is exciting for me to see. We're, uh, we're up to 700 attendees at this year's conference. And uh, as you recall from the first ClioCon back in 2012, I guess, we, we were 200 attendees. So 4X growth in four years. I'm really proud of, uh, of how the conference is growing and really proud of the, the content we're delivering every year as well. We, we aim to deliver really impactful messaging, really impactful content every year. And the, the other thing that was new this year, I guess, was, was, that, was that messaging. And at this year's conference, we talked about the uh, building a data-driven law firm and even introducing data to what we consider otherwise to be a bit of a, a data vacuum around key performance indicators yeah. for lawyers. Yeah, I really want to get more into that. Uh, you, you gave a, a keynote yesterday morning. Today, we're in the second day of the conference right now. You started off the keynote. It, it's always interesting to hear what you're going to talk about in your keynote. Uh, and you talked a lot about the importance of data in other industries and the right. importance of data in the legal industry. And I don't know if, if lawyers think about data as something that they need. So what, what, what does data do for lawyers? Well, this is really, we discovered that lawyers do need data because of the questions they're asking us. And this was what really what led us down the path to realizing uh, lawyers aren't asking the right kinds of data questions and when they do ask the right kind of data questions, there's not good answers for those data questions. So I'll give you some examples of what I'm talking about. Our relationship with our customers has evolved over the course of the last eight years to the point where we're now really a trusted partner to our customers. And they ask us advice for things way above and beyond just how to use our software. They ask us for advice on how to run a world-class law firm. Yeah. And one of the questions we get are, a question, an example would be a question like, what kind of billing model should I use? Should I use flat fee billing? Should I use hourly billing? We also get questions around hourly rate. We have a family lawyer in New Orleans that phones us up and says, uh, what kind of rate should I be charging on an, on an hourly basis? And we don't have good answers to those questions, or rather we didn't have good answers to those questions. And uh, what we launched at the conference in the keynote yesterday was the Clio Legal Trends Report, where we're able to provide anonymized and aggregated data-based benchmarks uh, extracted from the $60 billion of, of billing volume that has flowed through Clio to provide really key data insights to our customers so we can talk to that same family lawyer in New Orleans and say, you should be billing $230 per hour based on the average hourly rate that other lawyers in, uh, in, in New Orleans are billing, for example. So that's an example of uh, data-based decision and data that helps lawyers make better decisions, but historically, uh, and, and 
the, the path that led down to this, this uh, legal trends report was the observation that there's a real paucity of data in the legal space around those kinds of benchmarks. There's, at best, out-of-date surveys based importantly on self-reported data, which yeah. is very unreliable. Yeah. There, there's, data like, there's data like that for larger firms. For larger and firms, big, there big is. firm practices, you can get some of that. But That's nothing right. in the solo, right. mid-sized And, and as you know, 80% of the legal market is made up of solos yeah. to 10-person firms. Yeah, it's so really there's a large portion of the market that's basically flying blind when it comes to this kind of data. So you've got 150,000 users, you said now, That's I believe, correct, active right? users, yeah. And, and there's how much billing information, flowing, how much billing is flowing through the system at this point? $60 billion have that's, flowed that's through Clio. So enormous, um, and that, that's by the way the, um, the pruned data set. So when we were looking at the data set, we looked at what we consider outliers uh, and extracted that, uh, that noisy data from the core data set we were able to have. So, these data insights were derived from, from $60 billion worth of invoicing. Yeah, and you, you mentioned this is being anonymized. I mean, one of, the, one of the things I've heard since your keynote is a couple of lawyers saying, well, what does this mean that they're looking at my data? Should lawyers be concerned about that? Right, so this was one of the things we wanted to make sure we got ahead of when we were publishing the Legal Trends Report, and we're very transparent around exactly which data we were using, um, and, and how that data was being anonymized and aggregated so that sensitive information was kept private. So what we, what we did is, this data is not based on any of the matter or client or other confidential information that's stored in Clio in encrypted form. It's based on the data that has flowed outside of Clio in the form of invoices sent over email and so on. And we've, we're looking at the aggregated statistical data so that no individual users or no individual customer's data uh, is being disclosed in a way that compromises their, uh, their privacy. Uh, this is something that we've introduced into the app uh, with the ability to opt out as well. But what we've, what we've built into the app is basically a, a two-way street where if you opt into the Legal Trends Report benchmarking, uh, you will be able to use the benchmarking tools within the app and see, for example, how your hourly rate compares to an average lawyer in your area. You'll also be able to see how your utilization rate, realization rate, and collection rate compare against other benchmarks in your area. Um, but if you opt out of the benchmarking, your ability to participate in those features goes away as well. So we see that as a, a nice reward for participating in the Legal Trends Report Aggregate, aggregated data reporting uh, is you get all of this benefit. And at the end of the day, we're not benefiting from this data in any kind of way. We want our customers to benefit from this data to make better decisions around how they, how they build their law firm. And we think it'll be hugely impactful. And the, the reaction we had uh, on the floor, and, and you were there, Bob, the, the, the reaction was tremendous. It, it, people talked about it as a as a real landmark moment in the legal industry to get access to this data, which as you said, 500,000 person firms have access to this data. Your average solo and small firm, right. they've been flying blind and they're hungry for this data. Yeah, and, and data, data is truth. That's uh, right, that's right. That, that's and, the difference. And here's another, here's another really impactful and surprising data point that came out of looking at this data. The average utilization rate for lawyers we found to be around 20%, meaning that out of, out, out of an average eight hour workday, there's two hours of billable work coming into that workday. And then when you see 
discounting and bad debt factored into what you actually collect at the end of the day, it's 1.4 hours per workday. And everyone in the audience leaned back in shock at that number. But I also think a lot of lawyers nodded their heads knowing that it was the truth, knowing that there's so much distracting your day to day that 1.6 hours, 1.4 hours take home sounds about right. Yeah. And it's pretty, pretty devastating. It is, it is devastating, and you're, you're right. I've talked to a number of lawyers here since your talk, and nobody is saying, uh, that doesn't sound right. They're all saying, yeah, you're right. What, that's what it and sounds like. And here's the interesting thing. When you look at self-reported data on that same data point, and I think it shows the risk of self-reporting, trusting self-reported data, LexisNexis published a survey uh, again, it was a few years ago, so it's slightly out of date, but their survey indicated that utilization rate was 60%. So basically, a, a utilization rate that was three times what the actual data shows. So I think that was a great example of how um, you know, small sample sizes and self-reporting uh, really can't be trusted at the end of the day. Yeah. You need data, data is truth, as you said. Yeah, so you, you mentioned you're going to be coming out with a your first annual report in October. Correct, October 17th we'll be releasing that. And so how does it factor into the product? At what point will this be available to users within the product? So we'll be integrating features based on the legal trends report over the next year. Yeah. Uh, we'll be rolling out essentially staged features based on both the insights of the legal trends report and feedback from our customers in terms of what metrics they want to see tracked, what's important to them in a dashboard, and overlay that with the legal trends report. Yep. I, I wanted to talk about, I know we don't have a lot of time, and I just want to hit on a couple of the other key points sure. uh, that you talked about. One is the new app. Tell us about the new app. So the new app, we focused on, we released our first app three years ago. And we've learned a lot in the last three years about how our customers use the app and what kind of data they need at their fingertips. So we. We released our first major reimagining of what our mobile app should look like uh, since the original launch three years ago, incorporating all of those uh, data insights in terms of what customer usage looked like on the app and what data they care about. We've also integrated what we consider to be a number of significant user interface enhancements to make things like adding various types of data in Clio, a one-click process. So there's a global create that's been added to the app where uh, you can click one button and no matter where you're in the app, whether you're in your matter screen or your calendar screen or your task screen, you can add an entry for any of the core objects, the core data objects in Clio from that global create screen. So we've, uh, we rolled the app out first thing yesterday morning uh, and I've been, people have been stopping me as I walk through the conference all, all over the last day and a half, interrupting me and saying, Jack, the new app is amazing. It's such a huge improvement over the, the previous app, and it, the previous app was was good. Uh, we have, we, I think, we started the reimagining process with the best legal practice management app in the mobile market. You're and, biased, and though. But I'm <laughs> biased, but uh, uh, I'll throw this over to you, Bob. I, I, I would love to see an unbiased review of the state of the mobile app ecosystem. Yeah, that would in be, legal practice management. Ought to do that. Ought and, to do that. Uh, you are unbiased, and I think you would conclude that the uh, the Clio app leads the pack yeah. before the redesign. After the redesign, I think we we just did a few laps around our competition. Yeah, and I did. I had a chance to play around with it for the last week, uh, and I. I Already wrote a review of it. Uh, anybody listening wants to see it, it's on lawsidesblog.com, can read my review of it, but I gave it uh, very high marks. I, 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 Thank I you for I did that. a really good job with it, as you, as you know. Um, and uh, 
something else you talked about uh, yesterday was Clio Apollo. Yes. What is Apollo? So Clio Apollo is the code name for our moonshot. The name is chosen both for the scope of the project's ambition, as well as uh, it fits in nicely with our Greek mythology naming theme where Themis Solutions Inc., the parent company of Clio, is the, as you know, the Greek goddess of truth and justice. Uh, Clio, which is a lesser known fact, is the Greek muse of history, which we think is a great tie into a, a cloud-based practice management product. Uh, and finally, Apollo uh, was the god of truth and light. And uh, we, we want to, with Clio Apollo, just like we did with the web app, take that same thinking to our web app and deliver the first fundamental rethinking and reimagining of what the web interface, the web user experience looks like for Clio and deliver that to our customers uh, at next year's Clio Cloud Conference. So what we're socializing with our customers at this year's conference uh, are design comps. We're able to walk our customers through working prototypes of what Clio Apollo will look like and get their feedback on the new interface. And the initial reaction has been tremendous. People are thrilled with the approach we're taking in the redesign. Uh, I think it's going to be a game changer for, uh, for Clio. And uh, you know what? It's, it's, uh, it's well-timed. We're eight years into building Clio. A lot has changed in terms of best practices for interface design. Uh, and again, just like with the mobile app, we've got eight years worth of data from our customers understanding what parts of Clio they use the most and what they'd like to see iterated and improved on in the user interface. So we'll see the outcome of that next year at this conference, Next right? year we will do a grand reveal. Well, we've reached the end of our time for the uh, On the Road today. Jack, I really appreciate your talking with us once again, and it's always good to talk to you. Always great to talk to you too, Bob. Thanks for your time. Thanks you, thank you very much. I want to thank Jack Newton for joining us today. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with the Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.